Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Alright, welcome back to the Christ in Culture. We're here for uh, week number two already. I can't believe it's happening. Yeah, this is this is exciting. Um, Halloween's coming up. Yeah, it is. is. Uh, so yeah, um, I was pretty excited. This last week I went to, or I got invited to go to uh, this improv show from one of one of the, the teens at my youth group. Uh, so he's putting that on. It was, it was awesome. Uh, and it was... Their, their drama department put it on, so I was mm-hmm. pretty excited to support that because I used to be a, a drama guy a little bit back in high school. Not not anything major, a bit of a but drama queen. a little bit of a drama queen. Uh, sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, so I did I did a little bit of that back in in high school a little bit, and I just I really love musicals, and you do too. So I, you were used to be in some musicals, right? Yeah, in yeah. Plays? In college, uh, I was involved in some plays and musicals. So still still very much appreciate that sort of form of entertainment. Yeah. Um, though I don't do it so much anymore, I still, as Clint can attest, rock out uh, <laughs> to some musical jams that yeah. we've done in the past. Yeah, you, you, uh, <laughs> you definitely kill it with the, the Les Mis every once in a while. It's a good, good <laughs> musical with strong Christian themes. I yeah. suggest everyone watch it. Hey, we'll, we'll probably do a podcast on that eventually. Why, yeah, at some not? point. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We just got an idea for a podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, so that's good. Um, but yeah, so I think a lot of the things, and maybe you disagree, but a lot of things that I liked about being in, in different dramas was being able to kind of take on this different character, you know, and just kind of be someone else for a little bit. Uh, and like, I love role-playing games and stuff where you can do that kind of the same thing. Right. Uh, and I think that's perfect because in a, in a couple of days we have Halloween, right? Which right, is, right. Which is my favorite holiday, no joke. I love to dress up for Halloween. Uh, when I found out I was too old to go dressing up for Halloween, I was pretty disappointed about that so when I went off to college I'm like well I'm old enough to dress up again so I started doing it again yeah. when I went to college um but yeah so honestly my my favorite uh favorite costume of all time was uh, when I was in college uh it was around when like the Hobbit movies were coming out and stuff so I was so excited for for I think it was the second Hobbit movie to come out that me and a bunch of my friends actually uh, dressed up as characters from The Hobbit. So we did that for the um, the premiere the year before for the first Hobbit, and then for mm-hmm. the the next year we did it for Halloween. So I had uh, this Bilbo outfit. So I borrowed <laughs> some some pretty crazy clothes from actually Lucas, the guy that we gave a shout out to last week, and uh, we had uh, a little orb for the the Ark and Stone and and all that fun stuff, and I had a, a ring that I carried around. It was, it was a lot of fun. 
so we, we ran around and it was already pretty cold in yeah. in Iowa at the time. Uh, I think I even ran through some snow barefoot to pull off the Hobbit uh, the Hobbit character there. But yeah, so yeah. I, I really love Halloween. I love like taking on those different characters and stuff. I don't I don't know what you think. Yeah, I uh, I, I do really enjoy um, Halloween. I that was one of my favorite things about about acting as well is just that ability to just put yourself in the position and just like you know be somebody else for for a few hours um not that i don't like who i am <laughs> and i don't think Clint would say that either um but just it's fun it's fun to be able to do something like that yeah to just kind of shed those worries for a little bit you know yeah, yeah. and uh i will say that i don't know if i can think of like my favorite halloween costume so to speak i will give a funny anecdote however yes. Uh, in middle school, I dressed up as a Grim Reaper. Oh. Um, however, we made the mistake, uh, as, a, as Clint can probably attest to, I'm a pretty tall guy. Yeah, um, you're much taller than <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm 6'2", which was really tall up in Pitt- Pittsburgh, where I'm from, but then I moved to Texas, and y'all, I don't know what you eat, but you're a lot bigger. There's some big people. Uh, yeah, there's some pretty tall guys down here, but when I was up there, I was a lot taller. So, but in middle school, I wasn't as tall. I hadn't quite hit my growth spurt, but we accidentally got uh, an adult size Grim Reaper costume, which was much too <laughs> large on me. And so the entire Halloween, because it was early middle school, uh, like late elementary school, early middle school, like to like fifth, sixth grade, um, and I just tripped over myself the entire time. Oh. Um, and so I was uh, I was apparently they they deemed me the Grim Tripper instead of the Grim Reaper, um, which was pretty mortifying. But but it was definitely definitely funny. That's hilarious. Um, and I think that what Clint won't tell you is one of his favorite parts of this holiday is actually the candy corn. Ah uh, uh, yes. An, as an Iowan, he loves all forms of corn. But yes. I have seen this man down some candy corn. Yeah. Even when it's not. Halloween season. <laughs> like, yeah, so actually, our, our friends, uh, Kevin and Sarah, Sarah Matler, they have a, a kind of a candy drawer at their house. And we hang out over there quite a bit, and they have a four-pound bag of candy corn that had been sitting there since last last Halloween, right? Probably. I'm I mean, candy sure. corn doesn't really go bad. It's... Yeah, yeah. so it was sitting there for a year, and no one touched it, and then uh, I'm pretty sure it's gone now that I moved here. So. <laughs> he was so excited when he's... I've never seen somebody be excited <laughs> for candy corn, because I like candy corn. And I can eat like a couple pieces of the candy corn before I just start getting sick of it. But actually, no joke, I uh, I have some in my cupboard right now, <laughs> right behind us as we're recording this. I went and bought another like three or four pound bag. <laughs> that's, that's funny. So yeah, so <laughs> uh, also uh, with Halloween fast approaching, um, and yesterday being the release of Stranger Things Ooh, season two, yeah. uh, which is a great show. I haven't I haven't actually gotten to watch uh, season two yet. Me either. Um, but I really, really enjoyed season one. But with Halloween approaching and like the whole, you know, like Halloween movie, horror movie, and Stranger Things coming out, um, I kind of found myself reflecting on like what is it exactly about horror shows and movies mm-hmm. um, like Stranger Things that we just we really like? Like, what is it about this supernatural that sort of draws our imagination? Right. And again, like while I haven't haven't seen the second season i can definitely speak on the first season of stranger things so it's awesome it is amazing (laughs) so uh i'm going to slap a big spoiler alert on this if you have not seen the first season of stranger things uh there's going to be a couple spoilers for the plot so i would suggest you 
and this is the only time I'll ever suggest this probably, uh, to turn off our podcast, go binge watch the entire season on Netflix, mm -hmm. and then come and finish listening to this podcast. And you can binge it all in one day. I, I have done it. Uh, I think Steve said you, you just went, went just over a day. On yeah, it was two days. I, I didn't start watching it until the evening one day. So if I had started earlier in the day, I probably could have gotten to it. But uh, so In most cases, we don't, we don't want to... Uh, <laughs> kind of support binge watching Netflix, but we're uh, not listening to our podcast. Or not listening to our podcast, but this is a rare occasion, uh, and it is for the good of evangelization that you do so. So, yeah. so with that said, I'm going to go ahead and, and get into this. Um, so the show takes place in the 1980s, and it sort of plays a lot to the classic horror tropes. Um, it's a lot of throwbacks back to movies mm -hmm. like Poltergeist and ET. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm a '90s baby, but I, but I do appreciate some of those '80s movies. But, uh, but it centers around an investigation into a dif this, uh, disappearance of a young boy named Will, um, as these like supernatural events occur around the town, and it more specifically follows uh, several characters. Um, but, but the main protagonists, I would say, are this group of middle school boys yeah, sure. uh, who are good friends of Will. Uh, and they were playing Dungeons and Dragons in the first yeah, episode. Now we're talking. That's, uh, that's the reason why I watched the show in the first place. Is it because of Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so in the show, and this will this will come into play. Uh, they fight against the Gorgon, and the Gorgon kills Will. And then Will goes and rides his bike away, and he comes across some sort of monster in the woods as he's cutting across this government property. Um, and then he disappears, and the main protagonists are looking for him. Um, and then they later up meet with a girl who escapes from that same government facility where this monster was found on the property. Mm -hmm. uh, her name is Eleven uh, because, unfortunately, uh, she's like some sort of science, big science, science experiment. Science project, and, yeah, um, uh, But she is a girl with telekinetic powers. And sort of the experiments that they are putting her through opens up this portal to another dimension uh, called the Upside Down. And out of the Upside Down comes the big baddie, the Gorgon of the show, um, and they deem it the Gorgon. And so the Gorgon is able to go in and out of this other dimension, it like traps its victims there, like where they're unsuspecting, uh, and then all of a sudden they're in the upside down, and uh, then it sort of hunts them down. Yeah. Um, this is sort of what happened to Will, but fortunately for us, Will was all right in the very end, because um, he was able to hide, But which gives us actually some pretty creepy scenes in the scene, like the whole poltergeist where like he's kind of being able to like flicker the lights to sort of yeah, show his mom that he's alive um but ultimately the the climax of the show um shows 11 using her telekinetic powers to sort of obliterate the gorgon and there's a lot of foreshadowing to this throughout the series mm -hmm. uh whenever she uses her powers too much she like sometimes faints uh, she always gets really bad nosebleeds when she uses right. it um, but she ends up killing it with the, her telekinetic powers at the cost of her own life as uh, she sort of explodes into ash. It is then alluded to uh, and later confirmed by this season um, that she's not in fact dead, but she was alive and trapped in the Upside Down. Uh, <laughs> is, is it kind of crazy uh, that actually I'm getting excited right now just listening to it all over again because it's been... Uh, months now since I've seen like the first season. <laughs> like, right. I'm just getting excited yeah. hearing you talking about it again. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm most likely, uh, just because I wasn't able to watch it, um, probably after this after this podcast, <laughs> we're going to binge watch it. Watch uh, it. Uh, we might binge watch it together. So. There we go. Um, it might 
it might be that way. Uh, now, okay, so Stranger Things, there's a lot of themes to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to probably get to all of them because um, there's, there's a lot in there. Uh, but I think the first one and sort of the main theme of this podcast is sort of our draw to the supernatural, right? So ultimately, God has written his law on our hearts, right? We have Christ written on our hearts. Uh, As St. Augustine so aptly puts it, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Um, And so there's this sense that we're we're always longing and we're always looking Mm -hmm. for God and sometimes we're always looking for him in all the wrong places. But a big part of this um, is that we have this deep sense that there's like more than what can just be seen, right? We're, right. We say yeah. like we're, we love ghost stories and we like sometimes are afraid of the bump at night. Um, and a lot of kids, we, you know, a lot of kids sleep with nightlights. I slept with a nightlight until probably middle school. Uh, I think there was some tension, uh, if I remember correctly, in the first season about yeah. that. Some people didn't believe when, yeah. when they were talking about it because, uh, well, there's no such thing as the supernatural, It's the right? supernatural, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. but, but um, you know, there's a skepticism, and, and I think we can see that in our world all the oh, time. Yeah, we talk about God, and there's a skepticism, because there's no magic guy on a seat in the sky. Um, but ultimately, there's something about us that's sort of drawn to that. And ultimately, like, our draw to the supernatural is because ultimately we have a draw toward God, right? Like, our draw to the supernatural is our is our draw to God, sort of going back to that C.S. Lewis quote from last week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um and I think that when we miss the mark, right, when we, when we sort of remove God and we find ourselves recognizing sort of the demons of this world, so to speak, right? We have all of our horror films, um, our exorcism movies that aren't exactly accurate to true exorcisms because it makes Satan seem way more powerful mm-hmm. in the face of Christ than he actually is. Um, and we get things like the Gorgon and Stranger Things or, or any of these other monsters. Um, and we sort of separate that from the salvation and ultimate victory of Christ, Right, that we we sometimes like, especially during Halloween, um, we look and we see sort of the evil out there, and we're like, oh, the supernatural evil. But we forget about the supernatural good, right? And, and the angels and in the saints. Yeah, I think that definitely uh, shows up in like our costumes too. You know, yeah. you, see, you see the little kids running around in the like horn devil outfits or yeah. stuff like that. How often do you see kids running around in like a, a saint? Outfit, yeah, the you best know? you might find is somebody in an angel outfit that's probably not appropriate to be walking around mm. in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, it's probably the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but one of the things that I love about Stranger Things, and I'm sure, Clint, you agree, is that the show is not without its Christ figure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we have Eleven in that show, who is really just a girl um, who pretty much was raised in the science facility as they're trying to test the limits of the human mind. But she's really just a girl when she when she gets out. She's really just a girl looking to be accepted. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really heartbreaking moments in it. I think about the guy in the uh, restaurant when she first appears and how yeah. the government like sort of offs him. Yeah. Um, but she's just this, this girl who's really just looking um, for love in all the wrong places, right? But she's just <laughs> looking for love and acceptance. Um, but she constantly finds herself a run from these government scientists. And she's often ridiculed by several of the characters in the series as being a freak uh, because she has these telekinetic powers. Um, and this rejection sort of reminds me of the rejection of Christ found at the hands of the Pharisees and the scribes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and sort of that the cornerstone that was rejected will be the foundation. Mm-hmm. 
you know, ultimately, however, it is her relationship with Mike, one of the, the main, main characters. I would say he's probably the quintessential main character yeah. other than Eleven throughout the series. Um, he's one of Will's friends. He's kind of like the leader of the, the group of the, mid- group, yeah. of, yeah, of the, the middle school boys. He's um, the dungeon master, I think. Too, yeah, he was also I, the dungeon yeah, master. That's, that's crucial. Um, yeah. The dungeon master is always uh, the best character, if <laughs> I do say so myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and for those of you who haven't picked up on that, Clint uh, was a dungeon master at the Pines, and yeah. he's a dungeon master with for, a group of friends down here yeah. in League City. So, yeah. so that's uh, for those of you who aren't geeks, that means uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, there's a dungeon master who's kind of uh, the facilitator of the game. So yeah. that's kind of the, the role that we're talking about there. The power is in his hands. Absolutely. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, I think it's her relationship with Mike and his acceptance right and there's obviously a little bit of romance there but but it's ultimately like this this acceptance where she really feels like she belongs and so she sticks around um and like i said throughout the whole season we see these uh, foreshadowings of her nosebleeds and getting weak after overusing her powers um that all sort of culminate in that christ-like sacrifice right where she um she goes up against the gorgon um sort of pins it against the wall and blasts it with as much with as much telekinetic power as she can until it explodes, and unfortunately, she sort of bursts into ash herself. Mm-hmm. But also like Christ, you know, everyone thinks she's dead, but she's very much alive in the series, right? Um, we found out through, you know, even if you haven't seen the second season, um, as I have, like, all of the uh, commercials trailers, were, and trailers and yeah. things were all sort of showing her coming back. And obviously, you can go on IMDb and see that she was recast, so she's got to be alive <laughs> somewhere, right? Um Someone did his research. Yeah, uh, but I think the sort of this allusion to her sort of descending into the hell of the Upside Down mm-hmm. after sacrificing herself only to return um, really shouldn't be lost on Christian ears. I think that right. there's something that sounds very Christ-like. S- sounds a little that. familiar in that. Yeah. So which brings me to my next point, which is the Upside Down. Right. So the Upside Down is this exact mirror of the real world. So like pretty much you could walk into the Upside Down and um, it would be exactly as your world is now, just um, with these sort of dark tendril-looking vine things growing everywhere. Yeah, I think they, they kind of talked about yeah. how uh, it was it was kind of a reflection yeah. of, of the, the natural world, right? They I think they were in there with their, uh, their teacher yeah, in, in the school like and they were talking about how it's a, a reflection over a, a certain plane or something like that i'm not a scientist yeah but it's it's known as the upside down because it's sort of the mirror world but one of the things that i think is unique about it is it sort of lacks any sort of light or color that the real world has it's a very dark cold place and it's very devoid of life or joy Um, in a certain sense it kind of reminds me of what hell must be like right devoid of the joy and light of Christ and God. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hell definitely has the, the absence of God, the absence of love, the absence of light. Right. And so I would imagine that, um, and I think even, even deeper than just like, oh, like the upside down is hell, is that the upside down, which is this world that exists parallel sort of to to the real world. It's this, mm-hmm. this world that exists sort of around the real world, but it's this yeah. world unseen that, you know, as you're walking um, and you see this when Will is trying to communicate with his mom when he's messing with the lights on his side like they're yeah they're flickering on our side right that there's he's like in the that. same place just he's not able to be seen right um, and that definitely speaks to like how uh 
And e- even though some of the people, we talked about this before, how some of the people in the, in the story rejected the idea of, of that other supernatural world, mm-hmm. they still interact with it, right? They're, yeah. still, they're still participating in that, uh, even though uh, maybe they don't, they don't recognize it, they don't see it because it's, it's not visibly there. Mm-hmm. It's still interacting, it's still happening like with that communication. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when they're in the Upside Down, um, to give you guys a little bit of a plot point, the mom who thinks her son is like a ghost or whatever she's thinking, he's alive somehow, mm-hmm. she puts all of these Christmas lights up on the wall with letters. Yeah, it's trippy. And so she like asks him questions. And so in the Upside Down, whenever you touch a light bulb, they're all out, of course, because there's no light there. But when you touch it, I guess, because you're alive. Your energy, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Um, when you touch it, the light turns on, and it turns on on the other side as well mm-hmm. in our world. And so he's able to spell out words and let her know that yeah. like she he's okay, but like there's this monster that's coming. Um, oh, I'm getting you a scum. Yeah, it's it's really cool. But but I think there's something there, right? And it it sort of professes uh, what we profess in the Nicene Creed, right? That there's this world unseen, right? And this idea sort of we record this podcast and as you listen is that there's this unseen battle raging around us mm-hmm. um, between the powers of hell and the angels of god right like, yeah even as like you and i are talking and recording this and as we're posting it and as you guys are listening to it like that war is raging around us in a world unseen right and there's that sense that all around us there exists this supernatural that our guardian angel is defending us in battle as we watch netflix and as we chat with friends over coffee <laughs> or tea uh, we're yes, currently we're drinking, drinking tea as we, we talked about this. Um, and I think that this Halloween season, we should remember that our draw to the supernatural should not just be for the cheap thrills of horror movies and haunted houses, costumes, and candy. And while those things are not bad in themselves, in fact, I would say they're pretty good, they're enjoyable, um, and we should enjoy doing these things. Yeah, for sure. But I think we do ourselves a disservice if we don't allow that to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't allow to remember that the spiritual battles around us um, to turn to the saints for intercessions, uh, to ultimately let that deeper knowledge uh, and desire for the supernatural lead us back into home to the arms of God, right? That, that like that draw to supernatural that we're like, oh, like it's Halloween and we have this desire to like watch the horror movies but remember that like that desire to see the supernatural is ultimately our desire to get back with god yeah so i guess kind of a, as a, a challenge here i guess almost as you're as you're walking around or maybe you're you're getting your costumes ready or leading your mm-hmm. kids around for trick-or-treating uh this year i guess our challenge is that uh you think about why why do we why are we so fascinated with this and uh maybe you agree with what we have here maybe you disagree that's fine uh and for, for that record, we, we would love to hear if you guys uh, disagree with anything that uh, we say. We, we're interested. Obviously, we're not experts in anything, but we, we, uh, we really want to hear uh, what you all say. But uh, just kind of a challenge that you, you think about why we are so fascinated with that supernatural this mm-hmm. year as, as you're going out there. So, um, yeah, so going along with that, actually, I want to give you guys uh, a chance to, if you want to reach out to us, you can... Uh, you can definitely do that. We have uh, a Facebook. You can look us up at uh, the Christ in Culture. Um, so you're you're always welcome to check us out there. Uh, we also have a, an email which we will attach to uh, the comment section of, of this. Uh, but it's the Christ in Culture, all spelled out, 
nocaps at gmail.com. So you can go ahead and send us an email there and uh, give us feedback on, on what we're doing. Obviously, we're pretty new at this, so we would love to get some feedback from you. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, have a happy Halloween, guys. And I assume all of you will be at Mass on All Saints Day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> before we, we head out here, I want to give uh, just one quick shout out. I didn't even think about this until uh, mid-podcast, but uh, I want to give a thanks to uh, Kevin and Sarah Matler for all their support, too, and especially for That's their true. candy corn. Uh, this tea, actually, that we are drinking right now is Sarah's tea, so thank you very much for letting us have that tea. Uh, you guys are always so supportive of everything that we do and, and making sure that this podcast uh, actually happened. So you guys are awesome. Keep it up, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Enjoy the adventure. <laughs>